David, before you leave the stage, just, I knew that I've always liked you, <laughs> but I had no idea that your style, your fashion taste was... <laughs> huh? Not bad, is it? <laughs> He's like, I've never been so embarrassed in my life. <laughs> if you have your Bibles, please take them out. Today we are concluding our series of the Christmas light. We're in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7, and it says that a great light has dawned. A light is coming. It's a prophetic passage about Christ Jesus and his birth. Some 700 years prior to his birth, the prophet Isaiah writes these words. And he gives some kingly names. Um, to the coming, coming Christmas light. Before I go any further, just a couple of housekeeping things. Uh, I want to make sure I don't forget to say this, that uh, our Bible reading plans are ready. Uh, today, when you leave the room, there will be people standing at the doors hoping to hand you one of these, one for every person. Uh, this coming year in 2019, starting on January 1st, we will be reading through the Bible together as a church. And so here is your first quarter uh, plan inside this space. So make sure to grab yours. Uh, we're excited to do that. The other housekeeping thing I, I need to do before uh, we jump into the text is, <clears throat> Ben Ramsey, where in the world did you get that shirt, man? <laughs> Come on, man. Somebody came up behind me over here and said, Joel's sweater vest doesn't cover enough of that shirt. He might need a whole sweater. Uh-huh. It's fresh. Yeah, there we go. It's fresh. Something like that. Isaiah chapter 9. <laughs> ben, you know I love you, man. I'm, I'm just being serious about that shirt. That's good. So... Uh, yeah, we've, we've already looked at three of these kingly names in this passage. The first week uh, was the, that we see him as our wonderful counselor, that Jesus knows everything. He is omniscient. He, he not only knows everything, but here's the, here's the real personal part about it. He knows everything about me, and he knows everything about you. He still loves me. He sure does. And he still loves you. There's nothing that we can hide from him. He is our wonderful counselor. And because he has such knowledge, we have someone that we can go to in times of life that are difficult, in times of life that are stressful, and seek counsel. The next week we looked at him as our, our mighty God. Not only is he omniscient, knowing everything, but he's also omnipotent. He is all-powerful. There is nothing outside his ability. One of his greatest displays of his power was his creation. And, and not only that, but when, we, when you and I pray to receive Christ, on that moment when, when we move from death to life, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, we are a new creation. That's something only God can do. We can't save ourselves. We have a mighty God who can save us. Last week we looked at at this, other, this next kingly name is an everlasting father. Jesus will always be. He was there in the beginning, and he will always be. There will never be an end to 
Jesus. Today we look at the last of these kingly names, and it is the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. This is a name that I've spent a lot of time thinking about. We know that Scripture puts heavy emphasis on a name. We pray this, how? In the name of Jesus. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Oh, there's something to a name. And this one is the Prince of Peace. Now, I probably spent way too much time chasing this down. I don't know what it was. I didn't, I, in fact, I didn't come to any conclusions. Maybe this week in your life group, you guys come to a conclusion. Because I've always, you and I have always called him the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. King Jesus. But in this passage, some 700 years earlier, the, the prophet Isaiah gives him a kingly name of Prince. Now, there's something in that name that someone smarter than me is going to have to find. So when you find it, please share. The Prince of Peace. You know, peace is something that our world is in desperate need of. You know that? It's easy for us to get caught up in... <clears throat> In our, our American turmoil, our, the things that are going on in our country, the, the unrest in our country, the, between the political parties, between the idea, ideologies. I mean, there's just so many things where there's unrest, and, and it's so easy for us Christians, listen, for us to get caught up in our, our bubble here of, of our nation, of our state, of our community, our neighborhood, our neighbors who have that dog that won't stop barking, and, and our coworkers, and we get caught and isolated in our own little bubble in our home, in our marriage, with our children. But friends, listen, peace is something that this world, this planet is searching for. I, I, I read something this week. Worldrevolution.org says this, makes this statement. There have been over 250 major wars in the world since World War II, in which 23 million people have been killed, tens of millions made homeless, and countless millions injured or bereaved. Over 37 million were killed by wars in the 20th century. Three times more people have been killed in wars in the last 90 years than in the 500 prior. We live in a time where peace is needed all over the world. This is another reason why our support of the International Mission Board and their pursuit of getting the gospel to all peoples and all nations around the planet. It's so important that we take our inch because by the inch, it's a cinch, but the yard, it's hard. And so we're going to take our inch. Our little church is going to take our inch in helping accomplish that mission. Because the world is in need of what the Prince of Peace has to offer. Peace is not just the absence of war. We need peace in our homes, don't we? I don't, I don't need to raise, people to raise their hands. But we would be silly to think that in a crowd this size that there's not at least one home that would say, we need peace. 
We need peace in our marriages. Again, it would be silly in a crowd this size to think that there was not at least one marriage in this room that we could be praying for peace. Our children, the world that they're growing up in, need peace. The stress and the hostility that they are surrounded by every day in their schools. They come home at night, lay in their bed. Our children need peace. We need to be praying for that. Our siblings, our communities, our neighbors, our coworkers. So what's, what's the deal? What is the cause of the lack of peace? We all need it. We all search for it. The world needs it. What's the cause? Let me give you the long and short answer at the same time. You ready? I don't know if you want to write this down. Sin. Sin. It's what puts people at odds against each other. It's when my pride or my jealousy or my envy or my uh, coveting, whatever it might be, it's when sin enters, it's what causes the lack of peace. We're going to deal with that uh, and wrestle with that all day today. Sin is what causes restlessness. It's what causes us to be uncontent, incontent, you know what I'm saying, envious, jealous. Sin is what causes conflict and division in families. Sin is what causes conflict and division in churches. People get sideways with each other in churches. Start sitting on opposite sides of the room. I can remember stories my dad telling of when he was pastoring in North Dakota. Of how one Sunday a couple got up at the end of the service during the invitation time and they walked, this old man walked from that side of the room to that side of the room and he made peace with someone he had been at odds with for years because that guy borrowed a rake and never returned it. Mad at each other. Hey, listen, sin gets in the way. Sin is what causes the lack of peace, not only in our homes but in churches our friendships, and today I want us to consider, I want us to just stop for a moment. We've been saying it every week, we've been, we've been saying Jesus is our everlasting Father, but today I, I, I want to continue with that and, and take some time and, and remember this Christmas light that was coming some 700 years after it was prophesied. Jesus is our, say it with me, Prince of Peace. That, that's what we have. In Jesus. So there's two blanks on your outline today. Difficult week. It's kind of uh, opposite of what I've been doing the last three or four weeks with some hundred blanks each week. This week there's two. I'm going to give them to you right now. You're going to have to be quick, all right? And then I'll let you write in whatever you want to write in after that. The first blank is this. We're going to talk about two ideas when it comes to peace. The first one is peace with God. Peace with God. And when we have peace with God, that leads to the peace of God. Two different things. I want to be clear about this as we move forward. Sin gets us, sets us against God. I'm going to unpack that a little bit more. I'm going to back that with scripture here in just a moment. But you just need to understand that 
The sin in our life sets us in a posture against God. He's not going to have anything to do with it, and he will punish it. A punishment is coming. A punishment will happen because of my sin and your sin. You need to understand that. Look at Romans chapter 1, verse 18. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there. Romans 1.18 says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all, circle that word, all, all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. God's wrath, punishment, will happen because of ungodliness and unrighteousness of man, mankind, people. There's not a one of us in this room that's exempt from that. In fact, every one of us in this room, I gotta, I, before I can go to the good news, I've got to tell you the bad news, guys. I mean, we've we got we to see both sides of the coin. The bad news is that every one of us have sinned. There's not a person in the room that hasn't. In fact, if you have never sinned in your whole life, cheated, stealed, lied, um, the list could go on forever. If you've never sinned, can I ask you to stand up? All right. As long as we're all on the same page here. Because the Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us, because of the sin in our lives, puts us in a position of being at odds or in enmity with God. He's not going to have anything to do with sin. In fact, he's going to punish me. The wrath of God will fall upon sin. He goes on in Romans chapter 8, verses 7 and 8. For the mind is, that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. When our minds are set on the things of this earth, selfishness, pride, lust of the flesh, and so forth, we can't please God. I, I mean, I just got to be honest. I got I to share the bad news before I can share good news. Sin is the cause of a lack of peace. Romans 6.23, you're familiar with this passage. For the wages of sin is death. Here's what we earn when we sin, and it's death. Eternal separation from God. We don't say this word very often in church, but it's hell. What we earn when we sin is hell. Death. But, here's where we turn the corner. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Did you catch that? Through Christ Jesus, the Prince of Peace, our Lord. The only way you and I can be at peace with God is through the Prince of Peace. It is through him that we find peace with God. In fact, Jesus... We celebrate his birth, but without this birth, there is no Easter. Without Christmas, there is no Easter. He came. He lived a perfect life. 
He went to the cross. He died on the cross for my sin and your sin and the sin of all mankind. And the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus for me and for you. The truth is this. Somebody is going to pay for your sin. It can be you or it can be the Prince of Peace. Jesus went to the cross and he bore all of our sin and the wrath of God fell upon him. He did that for you and I. He saved us from our sin. Anybody besides me thankful for that? Every first Sunday of the month we come and have our our, our, our Lord's Supper, and, and we celebrate what he did for us on the cross. He took our punishment. Chapter 5 of Romans, the Apostle Paul says this, Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other name by which you and I can be saved. Jesus Christ. If you've ever come to Jesus, if you've ever come and confessed your sin to him, you've admitted what you've done, asked him for forgiveness, invited him to be the Lord of your life, to come in and save you from your sin, and from that moment on, You have entered a peace treaty with God. From that moment on, you have entered a peace treaty with God. And nothing, no power on this earth or above, no principalities can separate you from the love of God. The only way that happens is through through faith in the Prince of Peace. Have you trusted in Jesus? Are you at peace with God? Well, if that's you today, in a moment we're going to talk about the peace of God. But if you have never done that, today can be the day where you trust Jesus as your Lord. Where you simply admit your sin. You ask for forgiveness. You believe that Jesus died for your sins. That you call on him to to come and live in your heart, to be your Lord and Savior. Call on him today. You can do that right where you are right now. When we do that, we become children of God and experience peace with God. But, but now that we've moved from, from death, from, from the, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is life. So now that we've moved from death to life, now we can talk about the, the peace of God. The peace of God. I, I spent time this week looking for, for how people try to find peace. People that maybe that are not necessarily uh, uh, Christian. I, I didn't put that filter in there. I just how, 
How do people find peace? Type that into all-knowing Google. Okay, she's not all-going, all-knowing, but anyway, you know what I'm saying. Here are a couple of quotes that I found. Peace begins with a smile. Mother Teresa. Those who are free from resentful thoughts surely find peace. Mahatma Gandhi. Barbecue may not be the road to world peace, but it's a start. That is not Joel Bundick. <laughs> Catherine Jean, you better watch your mouth over there. That was Anthony Bourdain. Peace cannot be kept by force. It can only be achieved by understanding. Albert Einstein. Listen, people try to find peace. It's something that the world is looking for. People are desperate for peace. Because I would say that peace doesn't begin with a smile. Peace begins with Jesus. Peace, it's not for those who are free from resentful thoughts that surely find peace. Hey, listen, it is those who are free from slavery of sin that surely find peace. And that is through the Prince of Peace. Barbecue is not even a start to peace. <laughs> Jesus is the beginning of peace. Peace can only be achieved through a personal relationship with the Prince of Peace. Do you know him? Do you know him today? So what does that look like, the peace of God? I've discovered in my years I've served in ministry, I've, just, I've learned through personal experience that guilt is something that gets in the way of peace. Feeling guilty about stuff is something that gets in the way of peace. Because, listen, I hope that we know by now that we have peace with God, that Jesus has paid for all of our sins, that we're at peace with God. Yet our mind keeps going back to things we've done, whether it was years ago or it was last night. And it loves to remind us of things that we've done and we feel guilty, we, we feel bad over those things that we've done in the past and we keep going back there for some reason and we neglect to think and remember that Christ died for all that. And we're forgiven by the blood that was shed on the cross. We're at peace with God. Yet we keep going back. Today, I hope if that's you, you will own the fact that that's been paid for. That Jesus has taken that sin and he's thrown it as far as the east is from the west. If that's you today, I hope that today you will just take all that junk you've been listening to, that you've been wrestling with, you'll water it up in a ball and get rid of it. And come back, man. Come back. And hang out with the Prince of Peace. 
The one who paid such a high price so that you could be at peace with God and is tired of watching you walk around in guilt. Come back to the prince. Come and hang with him. Let him pour into you. Let him shower you with love. Remind you of how precious you are. Come back to him today. Don't wait another moment. By the way, our conscience, even today, even tomorrow, when you and I start heading down a road that we know we shouldn't be heading down, and our conscience speaks up, listen to it. Listen to you. It's a, your conscience is a great preacher. That moment when you start down a road and you know you're doing, man, I know I shouldn't be going here. I know I shouldn't be doing that. That mo- I know I shouldn't be bringing up these things in the past and thinking about it. That moment when your conscience goes, that's not who you are. That's not you anymore. You are a new creation in Christ. Created to do good things, man. When your conscience speaks up, listen to it. It's a great preacher, man. Our memories of the past can can be put away. And we can experience the peace of God. Here's a few things you might want to write down. Peace is a fruit of the Spirit. We find this list in Galatians. And in that list, we find peace. When you and I have received Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence with our spirit. And with him in there, one of the things that we have is peace. The peace of God is there. The peace that no matter what circumstances you're facing today or tomorrow, the peace of God is in there going, I'm with you and I've got you through this. Don't worry. Even the birds of the air, I take care of them. You're so much more important than they are. Hey, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and all of these other things, I will, they'll be added unto you. Don't worry, man, I've got you. Peace is something that we have as a child of God. Jesus said this on the night of his betrayal, on the night of the Last Supper. He said to his disciples in John chapter 14, 27 and 28, he says, Peace, I leave you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. See, the peace that he's offering is inside. Oh, he clearly tells us, he he told his disciples, in this world you will experience difficult things. You'll experience persecution. Some of you are even going to die for my name. But the peace I give you is not the peace that the world's talking about, the peace that I give you. I leave it with you. Let not your heart inside. Let not your heart be troubled. So today, I wonder what you're worrying about. What are you worried about? 
What's keeping you up at night? You're staring at the ceiling at 3 in the morning. Okay, so this morning, if this coming morning when you wake up, not because you're ready to go open Christmas presents, but those of you who are worried about something, I hope you'll be mindful of the Prince of Peace that is with you. And hearing him say, nothing can separate me from you. I'm with you through this. As one of our other church members preached, Rory taught us, God's got you. He's got you. And experience the peace of God. The Greek word, <clears throat> peace, I'm, I'm probably mispronouncing this. You can check with my Greek professor to see if I'm mispronouncing it. But the Greek word is irene. Simply means blessing or favor from God. The Hebrew word, you know this one, shalom. Completeness, soundness, welfare, peace. The hand signal from the 1970s. Anybody remember it? Peace. I taught you some hand signals that my dad used when he was stationed in Thailand with the troops over there. There's one way to peace, and it's through the power of God. Did I do that right, Dad? Oh, the cross. That's right. Cross your fingers. One way to peace through the power of God. Peace. Jesus says, I leave it with you. It's going to be okay. You're going to make it. Maybe you want to write this one down. Jesus is greater than anything we fear. Are you fearful of anything today? Jesus is greater than that. Because he offers a peace that passes what? All understanding. When we can't see how it's going to work out, Jesus is with us. Here's another one. Jesus wants us to strive. He wants us to be at peace with other people. He wants, wants us to be at peace with other people in our church, in our families, and our friends. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, it says, strive for peace with everyone. Paul said it this way, as it, as it, as it depends on you, live at peace with others. Jesus encourages you and I to be at peace with people. Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Are you a person of peace? Is today a day that you would need to allow the Prince of Peace to encourage you to be at peace with someone else? Is today the day that you need to move from death to life? Is today the day where you need to call on the Prince of Peace to forgive you of your sins and to come and live in your heart and be your Savior? Is that today? If that's you, 
And I conclude with this. If you have never trusted in Jesus as your Savior, I want to give you, I just want to walk you through this very quickly. It's as simple as ABC. The A. Admit that you have sin. Admit your sin. Talk to God about it right now. In fact, get specific about it. Tell him what you're talking about. Admit it. B. Believe. It's the key word. Believe. That he died on the cross and he took the wrath of God for you. Believe. That when he did that, he bore the punishment, the penalty for your sin. Do you believe that? Invite him to come and live in your heart right now. Do it right now. Jesus, will you come and be my Lord? Will you come and live in my heart? I know I've sinned. I know I've messed up a million times, and I need forgiveness. Will you please forgive me? And right now I want to ask you to come and and live in my heart and be my Lord. And the C is this, A, B, C, admit, believe, and the C is confess. Confess him with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Confess it. Jesus said, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before God. So, I usually have people bow their heads at this point. Doing something different today. I usually have people bow their heads and ask people to just look up and make eye contact with me if you made that decision today. But I'm not doing that. I'm going to call out for boldness today. That if there's somebody here today that has, today was the day that you said, Jesus, I I have sinned. I want want to believe in you as my Lord and Savior. Please forgive me. And I want to let people know that I have asked Jesus into my heart. If you did that today for the first time, I ask you to be bold. I'm not trying to embarrass you. But I'm going to ask you to stand up. Anybody? Since we have either moved from death to life, what about the peace of God? And, and by the way, I, I want to do this just for, because there might be somebody that needs to see this. Because if one person stood up today, this is what was coming next. I'm going to ask for every other person in this room that at some point in your life you've trusted in Jesus as your Savior to stand up right now. See, I want people to see that they're not alone. And too often people go, oh, I'm not doing that. I, I, don't, I don't want to stand out, man. I'm scared that, that I would be the only person in the room. But I need you to look around. And I need you to see. This place would erupt in celebration over the miraculous creation of a new, of a new creation. A saved soul. So I'm going to say this, as our praise team makes their way back up. If today you, you made that decision but you were scared to stand, 
At the end of our service, I'm going to ask you to come and say, Joel, that was me. That was me. I, I, I asked Jesus to be my Lord today. Come see me. I want to celebrate with you. Deal? But I need to, before we sing a, a time, of, time of response, for those people that are here today, that you have people in your life that you're not at peace with, I want to challenge you to go and make peace, to restore relationships, to humble yourself. For those of you who have been wandering from God, and you feel, it's not the truth, but you feel like you're not at peace. You've already trusted him as your Lord and Savior. You've moved from death to life. But, man, the, the journey you've been on, you just don't feel it, man. I'm going to ask you today, come back home to the Prince of Peace. He's standing here with open arms, man. He loves you. He cares for you. <coughs> and today is the day. You don't talk about Christmas where your heart is just swollen with, with love from God and, and you don't have to wrestle with that stuff in the past. And today you can just be excited about being at peace and not just peace with God, but knowing the peace of God today. If you're worried about something today, lay it down at the cross and let Jesus have it. If you're fearful of things, give it to Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we, we do come, and we ask that your, your peace would reign supreme in our hearts. Lord, for those today that are, that are uh, wanting to be near you, whether for the first time or it's a coming back, Lord, I pray that you would break down any barriers that are in the way. And that today would be a new day, a fresh start. For those that uh, may have trusted in you for the first time, I pray that we as a church would come alongside them and grow them. Teach them your ways. Lord, I pray for those relationships, whether they're in families, their marriages, their friendships, whatever they might be that today would be a day of healing. That your, your peace would fall upon relationships today. That people would humble themselves. Have your way among us, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name.